Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. We're here to make you money, and we have a terrific show planned for you today. PlayUp Sportsbook presents the Phil Nason Show. Sign up for an account and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. That's PlayUp.com for all your sports betting needs. Cash with Flash Best Bets has you covered in all the major U.S. sports. Daily free picks, premium betting packages, we have it all. Head on over, cash with the free picks, sign up for a premium package, and cash with Flash. That's cashwithflash.com. Greg Wolf is here from the Wolf Line. What's happening, dude? Oh, just living a dream like you, Phil. Yeah, living the dream. I, I, I'm loving it. I tell you, it, it's nothing. there's nothing better on earth than when someone comes out thinking that they're being transparent thinking that they're going to profit from a statement or two, and in reality it backfires and really tells us who they are. DraftKings, man. Did you see that interview? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I caught it. I mean, in my, it, it's just, uh, you know, obviously it's a huge... It, it's huge for a lot of reasons. I mean, all it's it's endemic to the, the, the entire industry, you know, uh, the issue there. Uh, it's just they're, the, the guy, Robbins, he's just echoing what Portnoy said earlier. They said the same thing. It's the same business model. Uh, they're, they're trying to do what, what was done in the UK, which was, you know, they basically in the UK, uh, they, they instituted a, a, a culture of people over there where it's almost like Stockholm syndrome. You know what I mean? When, when uh, the, 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 the phenomenon, when somebody gets taken hostage, uh, or kidnapped, and they they eventually end up uh, sympathizing with their kidnapper. Right. Uh, it's a it's a psychological thing, and that's what it was like over in the UK, where they had them convinced these bookmakers, quote unquote, had had the people convinced that it's a a negative expected value, just, just recreational. Hey, everybody's having a good time now. It's you know now you're gonna it's gonna cost you. It's gonna cost you. Like go. They even think they've even. Uh, made an uh, analogy to me many brits about like comparing it to going to see the movies you know betting on a, a sporting event and it's it's absolutely uh, absurd and it's gotten to the point to where they tried to take that over in the uk which created a huge uh, social problem and they tried to bring that same model over to the us and it's not going to fly here because as soon as the the commissions and congress you know wake up uh, there's going to be there's, there's already a hundred years of, of federal and state statutes and case law on the books that aren't going to allow this to happen. Well, exactly. And what we're referring to is where Jason Robbins, the CEO of DraftKings, he said there is definitely evidence that players download and trial multiple apps, but then focus on one. But the ones that don't stick around are the ones you don't want anyway. They are the bonus shoppers and bonus hunters. That's less than 10% of the audience. They are not the most profitable customers. And he also said this is an entertainment activity. People who are doing this for profit are not the players we want. Right. (laughs) Just think about how absurd that is. Who makes a bet they don't want to win? Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's unconscionable. They don't... I don't know if it's there's there's a lot of that going around today. It's kind of there's an ignorance and arrogance. I don't know if it's if in this these cases that the ignorance uh, subsumes the arrogance or it's the other way around. Not sure, but I know that uh, I know that what they're doing is not kosher, and uh, their stock price certainly will tell you that. Well, of course, yeah, it's it's kind of middling, right? Uh, They've gone off. uh, Penn was. 
Penn Ga- for example, Penn Gaming was, I think it's high a few months ago, was 150. It's, I mean, let me just check real quick for you so I don't give you any bad info. Uh, I'll give you both of them. Okay. Penn. Sorry, I'm multitasking No, here. No worries there, but this is, <laughs> no worries. Do what you got to do. Well, the mo- the monks, cl- I, I mean, it's just, we're, we're going closer and closer towards federalization, which you know is what I want. I want securitization, I want federalization, I want standardization, period. That's the way it's going to go. And um, with the, not only with these comments that are coming out, which everybody is looking at them at, at their face, they just, at the comments at, by, at their face, they're just, they're absolutely egregious to say to people and insulting. Uh, but also another interesting thing that happened is the federal judge uh, uh, intercession into the uh, into the uh, Florida case with the online sports betting with the tribes, and there was a federal uh, injunction was put in by a judge to not allow that. And that should—that's exactly what should happen. It shouldn't. It doesn't have anything to do with tribes. Uh, you know, it's 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 not. It's an, there's uh, there's strict uh, definitions, many definitions of interstate, what's called uh, means and instrumentalities of interstate commerce across state lines. And because of that, the states only can be acting in a supportive role, just like federal securities and, you know, commodities and such that are just, you know, they they are a federal deal. I'm a states rights guy, actually. But these type of issues are obviously federal. Uh, And if the tribes want to have, uh, you know, all their, their their slot machines and roulette and things like that, that's perfectly fine. But they can't be uh, interloping into federal securities markets. That's just, you know, that's just not the way it's going to go. So uh, between those two events, between these comments and that, I think it's coming much, you know, justice is coming slow. You know, what they say about the wheels of justice turning slowly. But I think that they're uh, they're they're waking up at a federal level, which is good. So I'll give you DraftKings. Um, DraftKings 52-week high is set with 74.38, and I'm looking at it right now, and it's 31.25. Wow. So that was that was in uh, that was in March. So we're talking about uh, what, eight months ago. Eight months ago, it was it was seventy four. It was basically seventy five, and now it's thirty one. Pen fifty two week high uh, was about was uh, one forty two, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at it right now. It's at a fifty. It's fifty fifty this year. Yeah, they're not. So they're not getting their their stockholders are. They're not making money off their stocks. No, even though even though Dave told all of his stoolies, quote unquote, that stonks only go up, right? So it went from I don't know what it was in March of 2020 when he got involved with Penn in bed with Penn, but uh, it went to you know the 140ish area, and then all of a sudden, I mean, if you if you if you've been around and you look at the chart, it looks just like a, a classic pump and dump chart, to be honest with you. And those things, those things have its uh, own reward, right? I don't know how these dudes keep up with all their lies. It must be exhausting, especially when most of them are on tape. Yeah, they, it, it, of course. Or, or, or you know, you can't get away with anything anymore without somebody taping it or or it being screenshotted or something like that, which is good if you're telling the truth. But if you're, you know, if your entire business model is based on mendacity and uh, you know, and, and breaking consumer fraud laws and federal securities laws. I don't know how they even got a dime of funding from VC in the beginning. What did they? What was the? What was DraftKings' pitch? Oh, okay, we're gonna. Uh, I mean, you could you could make a case for for Penn because he just had a bunch of, like I said before, low hanging fruit. You know, list that he could just give the Penn. He should just gave up then. But what was DraftKings' pitch? I mean, you know, okay, we're gonna take this model that is destroyed in the UK and we're gonna do it over here. I mean. Who would who would invest in that? You know, it's just a matter of time. It's all smoke and mirrors. Who knows what they're going to do? But Dave Portnoy, he he's been a subject of a few things this week, and one of them was a Play Pennsylvania. It's a sports betting website where they uh, rate different things, 
And they talked about through NFL Week 12, none of the Barstool Sports Advisors have a plus 500 record picking Sunday games. Mm -hmm. And the thing for me is, and I know that the daily fantasy people do this, the companies, they have content providers. That's a different thing, you know, because really daily fantasy is just like horse racing where you're betting against everybody else. It's similar, right? There, there's yeah. no, they're, they're not, they're, they can't. You see, the thing with sports is, like I think I said last week, is that they're broker dealers. They can either play the principal, which means they're betting against the customer. It's really a very uh, adversarial relationship, which I don't understand, you know, but it happens. They're betting against the customer. And then the other one is they can act as an agent, which is just they're, they're just, you know, taking their, their transaction costs as the cost of doing business of, of having everybody be able to meet in a pool and then go against each other, right? Well, that's so exactly people. how it works. And, and under that model, the top 5% win and everyone else loses. And mm-hmm. people like Jason Robbins and those folks don't seem to mind. And they cater to the 5% that win. And the rest get kind of left out in the cold because why do I care about them? I'm only taking a rake anyway. And if it wasn't for my wealthier high rollers filling out those max tickets, I would be in big trouble. So I need them. Right. And DraftKings, for example, they just, and the other one, uh, FanDuel, PDYPY, they just stumbled onto something completely by accident. Those guys didn't know that Passport was going to get repealed, even though it's been an absurd law since 1992's inception. They didn't know that. They just happened to, and and nobody, you know, Daily Fantasy is just like a a one-off. I mean, the one year that it was, the one year that Daily Fantasy was federally completely legal, it only had six billion, with a B, six billion dollars in national uh, subscriptions, right? You know, which would be the same thing as Handle, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking, when you talk about actual sports betting, quote unquote, relative to that, you're talking about in this country alone, illicitly and legally, you know, the large majority is illicitly still. Right. Uh, you're talking about the in the trillions of dollars, literally, with a T. Yeah. So oh, yeah. The, the biggest year they had in fantasy was only $6 billion a year. Horse racing is about $30 billion with a B, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because it's a terrible model because they hold so much. Uh, it's, it's, it's over. So that's nationally on the tote. Uh, and then there was a study done that if, uh, if, uh, poker was completely federally legalized online, uh, that that would have about a $30 billion as well, similar to, to horse racing, um, in terms of what, what the amount, you know, the rakeable, uh, amount wager would be or, or speculated or in the pot, whatever. Uh, but when you're talking about the Steelers minus seven at the Browns or whatever, it's an entirely different ball game. I mean, you've seen you, they still cling to that 150 billion to 300 billion uh, federal in, in these these accounting firms. That was from 1997. That study was done. I mean, think about the diff, the changes since 1997. I had a bookmaker in 1997 when I was you know in, living in New Jersey, and this was this was you know right across the river from Philadelphia. And they were only there for like 30 minutes a day during, it was legit, mm-hmm. you know, and, and 30 minutes a day on, on a Saturday and on a Sunday during football, maybe during NBA guy had to come in specially for me just for baseball, you know, and now it's, and, and that was on the phone. Now everything's on the internet. You got half times, you got international sports, you got play by play, you got you know, where, where you are in the country, you could be in the middle of Iowa somewhere and you can just get on, whereas before that wouldn't have been the case. You couldn't have gotten a bookmaker in Iowa somewhere like that. Uh, so to, to to continue to say that $150 billion to $300 billion, uh, number is absurd. It's 10 times that easily. Easily. It's easily that. The one thing when I was looking, we talked about this before, you know, and they're only singling out three of their people, Dave Portnoy, 
Stu Feiner and, and Big Cat. I don't know who these people are. I've never listened to I can't believe that guy's Stu Feiner. He's been around since I was like 10. And he, he's, be, I, I think he's kind of just lost his mind. I don't know what it is. But, but like you sent that over to me, and there's already a rule that these guys aren't doing anything new. None of their schemes or scams or any of, of it is new. It's right. just the fact that they think that they're doing it in a way that hasn't already been established. And, and, you know, uh, there has been statutes and there's been rules and acts and, and regulations that say this is not acceptable. And with the media colluding with a broker dealer like they're doing there, obviously there's there's going to be conflict. So there was a rule that early 90s, I believe, the before my time in, in trading, uh, the Dan Dorfman rule. There's even a rule for it, you know, of a media member that's, you know, colluding with uh, broker dealers or having some kind of, or, or pushing some type of agenda through the media and then having a, 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 a conflicting, a conflict of interest with his position or getting, you know, uh, some type of remuneration from the broker dealer because of what he said on, you know, through the channels of media. And that was the SIBO did that, the NASDAQ did that. And it's just, the, the SEC has a rule for it. You're not allowed to do it. And then, and at that, at this point now, it's not just the SEC and Finra, but it's also, and you know, I've had a, I was a registered investment advisor with the SEC and and the NASD for a while, so I know about this kind of stuff. And you know, you're looking at, at the, these kind of things. It's not just them. Now you have the Federal Trade Commission because this is consumer fraud stuff, and then you have the FCC because it's media stuff. It's a big problem. But it's a big I, bowl of alphabet soup. Well, I, I guess the first thing, and we like to try to educate people here. You know, I don't care what Barstool Sports does. But when you are providing picks to people who hang on your every word in the hopes that they will bet at your sports book on your picks, something's not right. Something's rotten in China. I smell a freaking... I smell it just stinks it reeks and, and it's obvious to see what they're up to that's you what I mean and, you can't be this be... bad and claim you can't be this bad and claim to know what you're doing and, it, and it's just building up and building up to eventually you know Congress or state representatives or, or whomever federal state they're gonna have to step up for their constituents or is just saying you know, we're this we're a victim of consumer fraud here. This is actually absolutely absurd. Well, you this know? is probably we why one of the reasons that they're not in New York City or in the state of New York now. They won't get a license there. But that's the first red flag. If you see, you know, you have these content providers, and I know that there's pro handicappers on their payroll, and I'm talking about Barstool here. Just ignore them. Well, they're a front. They're a front facing. Uh, platform for pen gaming, just like Robinhood is, is a front-facing platform for a broker-dealer, which is uh, Citadel. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they take, because of you know their appeal to the retail, they take their customers and they just feed them to the the real broker-dealer that's that's taking the positions on that. And you know Dave and is uh, he's very vocal. It's bizarre how hypocritical he is. I guess I guess he just doesn't know, or his lawyers don't know, or whatever. But uh, he's he's constantly bashing Robin Hood and the Wall Street suits and all them about uh, you know not honoring orders in listed markets, mainly on stocks like I'm sure you heard of the stocks like AMC and GME, where there was all that manipulation and the short squeeze and and all that kind of stuff well he was involved with that and he's he's excoriating them for doing the same exact thing that he's doing and then he's kicking out you know winners been calling them card counters and say yeah you know if it's recreational it's just for laughs you know we're eating pizza you're losing your whole paycheck everybody's having fun right right it's fun Right. You go, you're, you're, you're leaving broke, but Hey, it's recreational. You're fine. But then if you go in and you win a couple of bucks, Oh, now it's no, it's not fun anymore. No more, no more eating pizza. No more of that. This is not fun. This is, this is serious. You got to get out of here. You're a card counter. You're a bad character. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. You failed to listen to me. (laughs) 
Right. And this this is coming from, as you know, the only guy ever banned by the App Store for card counting, illegal gambling, card counting for sports betting. So Yeah, there you go. Banned. I know of what I speak. I was hoping to get the app and make my life a little easier, but <laughs> it's all good. And, and you know what? At the end of the day, and we're going to definitely talk football on the Wolf Line, but again, this is an educational show. And we want you to be aware of these things. Stay away from stay away from touts. And, and, and these guys are touts, okay? Dave Portnoy is not a professional sports handicapper. Stu Fainer isn't one. And Big Cat, if he is, he should quit. Um, but at the end of the day, these guys are not handicappers. You know what they are? They're entertainers. And what they're doing is in bed with someone with actual, with a lot more money than Dave Portnoy has, obviously. And they're right. working they're li- together they're- to take all the people, all their pizza eating chums' money. Right. They're listed. They're listed stocks on the, you know, on the, on the federal stock exchange. It's it's not a joke. You're talking about billions and billions of dollars here. Billions of dollars here, and that's a that's a pity. But of course, nothing is new under the sun. People have been doing this for years. You know, I, I'll tell you one story real quick. During my Vegas days, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name the sports book. It's not there any longer anyway. But one of the sports directors, sports book directors, had a couple guys sit outside in the sports book and hang out every day. And give out false information, <laughs> acting like sharps, so sure. they could steal. It's the same thing, you know what? It's the same thing, you know. I I don't. I'm still totally, totally godsmacked that that Bloomberg Terminal. I don't know if I talked about this last week. Bloomberg Terminal charges twenty five thousand dollars a year for a a, a, a membership. Yeah, and, for the feed. Yeah, it's and and, they, and, then, and then they they post the lines on the games, and then they give the the. The uh, the people that are paying their their customers they have three hundred thousand on that's why Mike Bloomberg is so rich. Uh, they give them the gold sheet, the tip sheet. The tip I'm just sheet. Like, you gotta be kidding me. Gold it used to be. Remember, I remember the days. I don't know how long ago you go back when it comes to sports betting, but I remember when I was a kid in the, in the local sporting sports club, sports bar, whatever you want to call it. They they had something they used to call the sheets. The bookie would leave the sheets there in the morning and come and collect them in the afternoon with the back. Yeah, the little the the parlay cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used the to call them the two, sheets. Minus two. The, yeah. They had to, you had to win four, and you know whatever it was, and then also, and it was uh, the it was like you know, uh, over forty seven, under forty three type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember those. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but those they're were great. Still around. Believe it or not, they're still around in Philly. I know that. Oh, they're People still, still around here in New York too. Yeah. But the best part, the best ones though, were the, the really clever guys who would uh, type in a trend or something underneath that was meaningless, yeah, but have some meaning to the would be better, and that's all Barstool's doing. You know, I, I don't like I said, I don't care what they do. But at the end of the day, they're, they're playing a very dangerous game, and you're playing an even more dangerous game by listening to their advice and making picks based on that at their sports book. Right, and here's here's what, what I'm saying is that is that the, the what changed everything from making it to just a joke to now where uh, they're in under the purview of of existing federal and state statutes and case law was the passport. Rep- repeal in twin april 2018 period crazy it's a whole stuff. different story now whole different story you know, and i know what a security is it's it's very simple to say what a security is well there's four steps it's based on howie versus the sec wj howie versus the sec in 1946 guy that wrote the majority opinion was this this uh justice brilliant justice named frank murphy he was uh the mayor of of uh or the uh, the governor of michigan he was a, a federal, a, a U.S. senator, and he was also an associate Supreme Court justice. So he was, he was at the federal level. He was all three uh, branches of government, which is pretty impressive. But he said there's four steps to being a security. One, there has to be in the investment contract, there has to be an investment of money. Okay, check. Two, there has to be an expectation of profit. Check. Three. Someone other than the investor has to be doing the work. 
check. Okay, the right. players and coaches and all that—they're the ones doing the work. We're not playing the games. Right. Four, there must be a common enterprise and commonality among the investors. So th- these particular investment contracts, meaning the bets, the, these contracts are what's called a horizontal common em- enterprise, meaning they're in a pool and people based, you know, proportionally share in the profits and loss based upon what they staked on their particular investment. One, two, three, four. Check, 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 check. There you go. So there's nothing really else to say. And then once that becomes the securitization happens, then all this stuff just falls under. I mean, if they want to make a sub SEC and say, okay, we'll just deal with with sports, you know, as it is, or if they even want to use the CFTC, I think that will be wrong. But the, the Commodities Futures Trade Commission, if they want to step in and federally regulate, that will be fine too. But either way, it'll clean everything up, or at least it's supposed to, because that's what regulatory commissions are supposed to do. And that's what probably should happen. It probably will happen eventually, because it's now in thirty states, which is a good thing for cash with flash. Well, I take so much. I take so much heat about saying saying all this stuff, and I have for years. Oh yeah, I know. You know the legal sports books; they don't give a crap what you say because they don't care. They're doing the right things, or they're trying to, and it doesn't bother them. The ones that the, it bothers are the people like you know the Dave Portnoy's of the world, who think they're smarter than everybody else and think they've come up with a brand new way to scam folks that's been around a thousand years. So and, I mean like like Jesse Livermore said, there, there's you know there's nothing new on Wall Street. You know, or anywhere else for that matter. Right. You know, with everything because he said, you know, speculation is a business that's as old as the as the hills. You know, and that's just the way it is. But Portnoy's problem was that with me that I find egregious is is really the the, the crossover uh, uh, hypocrisy, really, and what the hell, what he's doing, and whatever he's doing, he thinks he's, I don't know what he's doing, I'm not going to make any accusations, but when he changed to, you know, trying to be some kind of stock-picking guru and moving all of his stoolies, you know, his minions and sycophants over to stocks uh, and all that, and making accusations against the Wall Street suits claiming to be, you know, uh, the man of the people. I mean, and all. Yeah, I'm eating pizza. The man of the people. Meanwhile, I'm taking to the cleaners. I mean, I just uh, that really just rubs me in many wrong ways. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, once upon a time, someone from that organization reached out to this show and wanted to uh, bring it, me, whatever, to them, and I turned them down flat. I said, I just, I'm not interested in entertaining frat boys. I mm-hmm. like being on Armed Forces Radio. Those guys are actually doing something that's going to matter. And, right. and, and bottom line is, I just don't feel what you're doing. I here's, think, the fli- yeah. here's the flip side of that, too, though, Phil. I actually spoke with Barstool, mm-hmm. with Penn, with DraftKings, with FanDuel. They were all, all of them. And they all told me the same thing because I just said, you know, I was I was being completely honest about it. And I was saying this is going to increase your volume. You can bring in your margins. This is how it works in a broker-dealer model. Trust me. I lived it. Been there 20 years ago. This is how it's going to go. Here's, you know, the platform. Everything's fine. You let people trade on their own. And this this is this will be great for everybody. The, the consumer, the buy side gets cheaper, you know, margins, cheaper prices. You get higher volume. It's not an adversarial relationship. Everybody's making their own decisions. Everybody's happy. And every one of them, including Barstool, including DraftKings and Penn, told me that what I was offering was a, quote, conflict of interest to their business model. You know why it was a conflict of interest? Because I wasn't lying and cheating and stealing and exploiting. I was doing the opposite. I was providing people with information and education for them to increase the efficiency and efficacy of their decision making. <laughs> there you go. Let's get back into the wolf line. At the end of the day, I mean, if you, if you haven't been around long enough, the problem with Barstool is they've cultivated that audience. That's what they cultivate. Yep. They've been pro- raising some of these kids up since they were in junior high. So, and there are folks who hang on every word. And that's not to say that Dave Portnoy hasn't done good. He has. He's used his platform for good. Ask the countless amount of bartenders and waitresses that his, he's helped raise money for during the pandemic. 
unfortunately, I think I look at that kind of cynically. I look at that to where that's kind of almost there's a big, big opportunity for that to be a red herring. You know, kind of like remember how Gotti, you know, and the the Bob bosses, you know, they would they would have the Fourth of July celebrations and they would give out turkeys and things like that. You know, sometimes it's a little bit too uh, public PR PR ish type of stuff. And I kind of look at that with the jaundice side. Maybe that's me, you know, my my uh, my cynical nature. But well, you know. there's a lot to be cynical about. Yeah. And the reality is, if you're pulling this kind of scam out in public, and folks that call them out get hammered like Beyonce's little beehive, you know, uh, I just don't. Whatever. You know what? They can have their fun. <laughs> Wait a second. What, what's Beyonce's little beehive? Oh what yeah. What? Oh, I'll tell what you. I'll tell you a fun story. About, I guess, 10 years ago, I had said something. Oh, I referred to Beyonce as autotune. I have a music background, uh-huh. and, and I know producers, right. and I, I kind of understand what they're doing, and whatever. So I, I said that, and, and her fan club, they leave these little bee emojis. It was, right, it was right when this whole thing started with Twitter, a couple right. years after. Okay. But they let me have it, man. They totally okay, let I, me I have thought, it. Okay, that's different from what I thought you meant. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, her fan base is huge, just like right, his. Okay. But yeah. you know what? At the end of the day, it is what it is. They can't defend against it because they know I'm right. And the end of the day is we'll let them do their thing. But if your sports book is providing you picks, it's probably not the best move on earth for you to take those picks. You should do your own work anyway. And that's what the wolf line's all about. I, I've enjoyed using this website of yours, Greg, for the last couple of weeks. And I'm starting to figure some things out. It's a great tool for pointing me to somewhere where I might not have looked or overlooked. You know, and one of the questions that came in, <laughs> this was great, is hey Flash, why are players not mentioned on the website? And I wrote because under that model, players are irrelevant, which is true. And they wanted you to explain that on your next appearance. So I said, don't worry, he will. Why don't you have any players' information there at all? Because there are there are two ways to uh, assess the value of any asset that's in a marketplace. Uh, there's only two. One is called fundamental analysis in which in which case uh, the analyst you know, who is going to make the speculation or take the position or make the decision uh, looks at everything involved in the asset intrinsically um, you know if it's if you're talking about a company stock then you're talking about uh, the board of directors you know the, the, their uh, revenue uh, their revenue uh, proportion with other people in the or other other companies in the in the the industry um, interest rates things like that that are that are baked into the price of the stock and the other way so we ignore that completely because there's something called the efficient market hypothesis which says that in if any fundamental material information is publicly known by the crowd but by who it is then in the marketplace then it's just part it's i'm sure you've heard a million times on cnbc or fox business news that the phrases that's baked into the price that's baked into the cake that's part of the price mm-hmm. things like that that is referring to fundamental knowledge fundamental information which is what the players are the coaches are all that kind of thing that you hear uh that's already part of the price so it's so it's irrelevant in terms of what's called technical analysis which is what the wolf line does, and that's been around since, you know, the late late 1800s with Charles Dow theory. It progressed from there uh, to the, the book by Edwards and McGee about technical analysis and stock pricing, and then it's gone continually from there. And we are the only ones that offer technical analysis for the sports betting markets, which only is concerned with market sentiment, market action, you know. Uh, the charts represent their 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 quantified and graphical representations of behavioral economics. 
because that's what it really comes down to is, you know, things aren't worth what they're worth. Things are worth what people are willing to pay for them. Right. And you've always, you know, you, and you can just look at, at, at the platform and one way to look at it, and everybody has heard this term, of course, as well, is you're just, you're just looking for market bubbles or probability of market bubbles. Mm-hmm. So you're bubble hunting, you know, and it all goes back to my good friend that I told you about that got me involved in the, in the options trading game. I mean, it was a, it was a very interesting conversation tw- over 20 years ago now, you know, late 90s. I asked him, I said, you know, and at this time we were in our 20s and he had made several million dollars already, you know, trading. And uh, I asked him because uh, I was a, a rookie and I said, you know, I asked him, uh, how do you know whether an option is cheap or expensive? Of course, that's the, the magical question. You know, yeah, how do you know whether something is too cheap or too expensive? And his answer to me was, I'll never forget it. He said, by feel, you know, by subjective feel. And I won't discount subjective feel of hey, saying, hey, you know, Pittsburgh looks a little bit frothy or toppy or that market looks a little too fat. Again, I'm using vernacular that I'm sure you've heard in financial mm-hmm. media. You know, that looks a little too fat. That looks a little too toppy, too frothy. That looks that looks tired. You know that's that's a time to sell. That's a that's a, a market bubble, and I mean, you know as well as I do, we're living in about twenty of them right now. You know, so there's <laughs> just about everything is a bubble. We're in everything bubble. So, you know, what he said to me is by feel, and I said, well, that 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 doesn't work for me because that's just an abstract notion. You know, that's totally subjective. I have to create some way to uh, transpose the abstract of what is cheapness and expensiveness into a, a platform that everybody can can experience and use subjectively, but it's totally objective data, and then go from there how they want, you know, some people use it better than others. Some people are just better traders than others. Right. But the end of the day is players just aren't as relevant in under this than, say, in other models. Right. If, if you, if, for example, if a play, if, in the NFL, we'll use the NFL for example. In the NFL, uh, in 2021, right now, the only the only time that, and you know, you remember that it used to happen more, but when there's a key injury to a, like the starting quarterback, okay, mm-hmm. you'll see you'll see a, a game get taken off the board. Absolutely. That only happens really anymore in the NFL with starting quarterbacks. It would happen in the NBA with like LeBron James being, uh, you know, his status was unknown or maybe he got in a car accident or got in legal trouble or something like that. But any kind of ambiguity, it's the same thing as in stocks when they take a stock and they halt the trading on the stock. And then the, what will happen is they'll, re, they'll, they'll reopen the stock, the market makers, the specialists, they'll reopen it at an indicated price at a very low limit. Which is the same thing that'll happen if a game is taken off the board and then it's reintroduced at a different price. Mm-hmm. It'll be a low limit, and then from there it'll expand as supply and demand does its job of the marketplace. And then you get to the closing price, which is the real price that's agreed upon. And that's and then, what we and have. It works exactly the same. Now I'm gonna ask, have you ever heard of a baseball player named Randy Arazarina? No, I might have mispronounced his name. He's the American League Rookie of the Year. I finished my season, my baseball season this year, 100 units to the good with a, over like 67-plus money underdogs. And when that he's the Rookie of the Year, I never heard of him. So what I'm trying to tell people out there is there's some merit to just paying attention to the numbers and not to players. There's always some merit to that, especially well, in love, a stats-driven love, sport like baseball. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it again that that gets that gets digested. Once it becomes public, it's digested by the market. You're not going to know anything that the market doesn't know. Uh, I often enjoy quoting Jesse Livermore, who was probably the most successful and most famous stock trader of all time. And one of his quotes that's a real that's that's very uh, salient here uh, you know, on this topic is that the only news that matters is not in the headlines. That's exactly right. So Most teams play knows. better when their best player goes out anyway. Well, I wrote a, uh, an article about that a long time ago about, about 
you know, the, the starting quarterback in the NFL from a fundamental standpoint, the, uh, the starting quarterback not playing the following week for whatever reason, that's like the most overvalued fundamental fundamental aspect in in all of sports betting markets and you know you saw that with there's many examples of that it was with the tom brady suspension the ben roethlisberger suspension you know when you have a you know both of those teams went went three and one ats uh in the first four games without their quote-unquote star quarterbacks mm-hmm. Uh, they cover the first three, and then the market over-adjust. It's all about adjustment, over-adjustment, correction, and fairness. So the market over-adjusted one way, and then it over-adjusted back way. So, you know, they were 3-0 three, three and o against the spread of the first three, and then both, both of them, the market caught up too late, and it got, and they, they didn't cover their fourth game. And there's a million examples of that. But um, when you give a, 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 and I normally don't talk about fundamentals, but this is an exception, uh, when you give a, a starting NFL quarterback a whole week full of reps with the, the starting offense, it's not really, you know, obviously there's going to be a difference, but you got 46 guys or whatever getting on the bus. You know what I mean? It's, it's a little bit too much of an overvaluation. Makes sense to me now. So there's your answer to why players aren't out there. Maybe one day they'll do props over there because that's a big thing. But uh, we've well, as long as it's if it's if it's if it's a binary two sided market, we can we can do that. Yeah, well, I would think that the prop bets might work. We'll have to wait and see on that. But tonight we have the Cowboys and the Saints. The Cowboys are six point away favorites. The total is set at 46 points. What is the wolf line saying about this game? From what I'm looking at, it says leave it be. Well, that's an excellent observation, <laughs> you know, and uh, that that's an important thing, Phil. I think you should uh, you should definitely communicate to your listeners is that sometimes just because it's a prime time game and it's an NFL game or it's a it's a it's a conference you know SEC championship or whatever whatever it is, or just because it's Apple earnings or something that everybody's you know, making a, a big deal about in the media doesn't mean you have to. I mean, you're trying to make money here. You know, you're trying to make uh, sound decisions that are going to increase your bankroll. Uh, you don't have to bet. You're not. Nobody's holding a gun to your head saying you have to bet just because, or you know, make a trade or take on a position or make a speculation just because everyone else is and it's on all the TVs and it's all this media hype and. And everything else, right? Right. I always so tell sometimes. my listeners, man, if you don't have it, the only thing that you care about is finding an edge. And exactly. I found and one for this game. I know the wolf line is pretty much, uh, you know, leave it be, and probably they're right. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you because I know people want to do want to. I'm sure your audience does want to hear something, and there's always a chance for education as well. So this is this is a what they call a coachable moment, right? Absolutely. So coach away. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm just, just making a little change on my screener. So I only show the NFL games. Uh, hold on one second. So that's coming up. Yep. All right. So you're right. It is, it is pretty much tepid all across the board, especially in the, in the, the default grid, which is a 20, game study right yeah yeah it's pretty much it's it's pretty tepid and we're going to do a little thing i'm going to read you through read through it with you with all the games and i'm going to it's going to it's going to hammer home a very uh important concept about how the the relationships go through periods serially uh of over adjustment crisis point which is the money ball moment then correction and then back to a fairness over long longer periods of time so what is what happens is that there's short-term irrationality but in the longer term as the time periods go on and the sample size gets bigger then fairness returns to the market so we'll do a little exercise there that i have prepared for you perfect but uh just looking i'm drilling the dallas game and obviously you see no alerts you know you see well, you see a .60 indicator in the 10-period game. Right, okay? you do. Yes, you do. So for the NFL, that's pretty that's that's pretty significant for the 10-period 
a 0.60 if you're if you're doing a buy low sell high correction trading deal that's to the saints so you could make a case although albeit a tepid one i'm not saying to bring up the the brinks truck or anything like that right right truck but that that 0.60 is and you can just click on that 10 period and it'll show you the 10 period chart just like anything else mm-hmm. um and then you go to 0. 0.5, 0.55 in the 11, and 0. 0.50 in the 12. So the NFL, as you know, especially spread, is extremely tight market. You don't see that many alerts and and uh, and high calculations as you do in, in some of the other less liquid sports. I'm sure you've noticed that. Yeah, like basketball, that one could be right. You'll see you'll see that fly all over the place. And all it's the over the place. As, yeah, it's the same as anything else. You And you have to understand that some sectors, some leagues, some sports are more volatile than others. Like they can run further. You, gotta, you have to think about it kind of like you're walking a dog on a rubber rubber leash. You know, some dogs are wilder than others, you know, and they'll be all over the place. They'll eventually, you know, go to the mean or the median, you know, in the middle but they'll go all over the place up while you're walking the dog. It's different right. to walk, you know, a, a, a 12-year-old golden retriever who will just walk in a straight line mostly than it is a, a puppy Springer Spaniel who's going to be all over the place. Right. If that analogy makes any sense. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at the chart, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty much at a fair uh, level. Uh, in this relationship, so I wouldn't go crazy, but if you have to, if you actually absolutely have to, you can make a case for taking the Saints. You can make that case. Yes, you can. And what I find interesting is actually the total. If you click on the, the 20 period uh, for the total, where we see it, of course, it, the indicator is 0.00 total fairness, right? Yep. But then you look at the chart, the green line, which yeah. is just and what do we see up here remember we talked last week about the ceiling and the floor oh yeah okay so we're seeing the floor down there at that negative four level where Mm -hmm. it's bounced up bounced up you know uh and it's found that floor level and now we're looking at a very serious ceiling level at the zero level Mm -hmm. so you could make a case that this is a ceiling moment and you could be leaning towards the under, or what some people would say, selling volatility, or thinking that the, the market price of of the total has been pushed too high based on irrational buying pressure. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to, as I said last week, you're trying to sell to optimists and buy from pessimists for the most part. Well, there you go. Now, I did find an edge. I, I did see the point six zero, and I thought, ooh, New Orleans. A lot of people want New Orleans. I'm one of those guys that fades the public. Too many people want New Orleans, so i got to figure out what's going on. So um, Alvin Kamara is out tonight. He's their main offensive player. They've really struggled without him. They have no playmakers. Taysom Hill is the quarterback who is a tight end. <laughs> so you've got some issues over there. I actually watched the game on – which I hardly ever watch – any games, especially especially football, mm-hmm. because I played myself in college, and what's happened to the game, I can hardly even watch it anymore. Oh, it's a whole other animal. But yeah. here's here's what I dug up though. New Orleans is three and two against the spread versus Dallas in their last five meetings, so you can still make that case for the point six zero. But this is where it got me. Dallas is six and zero against the spread in their last six games versus NFC opponents. And this is a wounded, wounded team. And their defense, they being the Saints, that defense mm-hmm. has allowed 23 points or more in each of their last five. That's above their team average of 22.4. So what I'm going to tell you is based on the numbers here, plus a couple of extra little factors like Kamara being out, that matters for that team, it seems. Because we have a three-week sample that says they haven't been very good without him. And Dallas being 6-0, and they've played two bad games out of three offensively. This is a night where they take it out. You know, the Dallas- well, that's the thing. That's the thing, and this, is, and this is perfectly fine. You're taking the fundamental route, 
mm-hmm. I'm taking the technical route. There you go. And that's that, that's fine. There's no there, we have no argument whatsoever. We work completely cohesively. It's just two different ideologies of you know making your decisions. But I'm going to say this though, and, and even though it's we come at it a different way, that's what the wolf line is meant to do anyway. It's support, yeah, we have, we have it's, no emotion whatsoever. There's no. no emotion to the numbers. It's, no. Again, that's why I keep making the analogy of a, a barometer or a thermometer or something. And, you know, I'm a man of science. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I put all this stuff through the scientific method. I, there were theories involved and, and, and theses. And then, of course, there has to be data collection and supporting data before you can even come out with a conclusion. Well, absolutely. So there was years and years and years of supporting data that I had to, that I had to collect and make sure that it was conducive to the theories of the platform and the product. Well, I'll tell you this. I, I did come up with the under for this game, under 46 and a half. You can get it in a lot of places. And that's simply because the fact of the matter is New Orleans does have a pretty good defense. They've spent too much time on the field because of that offense. And Dallas's offense hasn't exactly been much to write home about lately. So I felt like it's going to be a little closer game. But I also feel like Dallas covers and it goes under. I think Dallas wins this one by two touchdowns. I'm looking at like 21-10, something like that. Well, you were pretty good last last Thursday. I know that. Yeah, I, I don't do so bad. with. And then you know what I did, though? I went, I went back to the well and threw four more out there. Picked mm-hmm. up a whole bunch of new customers and went one in three. <laughs> well, as long as you're beating that, you know, the fifty-two point four or whatever you can get your best yes. price at, then that's 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 fine. That's I'm, all again, I'm trying to Warren, do. And we're Warren doing Buffett really good. and all those those guys, you know, they're maybe fifty-seven percent winners, and they're you know, look at where they are. And that's the bottom line: fifty-two point four percent is where you have to get to basically break even. That's a lot better than the barstool advisors. So um, I, I feel like I'm doing okay. It's a lot harder than it sounds. It's way harder than it sounds. I, I do this all day, as you know. You know, Greg called me the other day at 2 o'clock, and I was like, should I answer this? Because <laughs> that's, <laughs> when, I, that's, scary, when, all the, that's when all the injury alerts come out from the bath, for the basketball, from the shoot-arounds and stuff. So, But any, what's going on over there? What, is the model popping anything out? for the NFL this weekend or even college football. We'll wrap it up with that. Well, here's what I want you to do. And we're just going to go through every single college game or I'm sorry, pro game. And I'm just, just so I can make a point and then we can go to the college. Uh, and just, just so I, so I don't forget about this one point. I actually watched that saints game and, uh, last week and it was, it was really ridiculous. It wasn't, wasn't, uh, Peyton, the coach for for New Orleans didn't he go for fourth and two in like the the first quarter or the second quarter from his own thirty or something like that? Yeah, it was I think he did. Yeah. Totally, it was it just reeked of desperation, and it, it sends a message to your defense that is just not healthy. I don't know what that guy was thinking, to be honest with you. But again, either. that's fundamental stuff, and I don't really get into that. Kind All of right, thing. so who you got next for us? All right, well. If you just look at, we'll start, you know, going top to bottom with the the Cowboys and the Saints, right? Mm-hmm. And what I want you to do is just, I want you to, and as you know, the the, the indicators or the calculations go from zero to two point zero, no matter what the sample size is. They can't go any further out than two point zero, you know, and it's absolute value. Okay, so they can go to negative two point zero for the totals, but it can't go beyond that two point zero number, right? right? Right. Okay. So talking in terms of what I was saying before, shorter term irrational, longer term fairness, rationality, that's the model. Let's just look at the 20 period indicators and we'll go game by game. And this is where this is where the, the, the data is important or the data are important mm-hmm. because they prove the theories. 20 period back Dallas and the Saints. You see that number, 0.15, correct? Mm-hmm. That's pretty close to zero. That's fairness. Zero is complete fairness. Right. Okay. 20 period for the Chargers and the Bengals, 0.10. Again, mm-hmm. it's pretty close to zero. Giants, Dolphins, 0.05. Cardinals, Bears, 
0.30. Colts Texans, 0.10. You see these numbers where I'm talking about? I do, yeah. Vikings Lions, 0.30, with 0.00 being absolute fairness. This is not these are numbers are not deviating very far. Buccaneers Falcons, 0.15. Eagles Jets, 0.10. Redskins Raiders, 0.10. Jags Rams, 0.00. Complete fairness. And then I'll just go to the next page because I'm looking on my tablet here. Uh, Ravens Steelers, 0.40. Now that's pretty high, actually, considering Mm -hmm. the rest, but it's pretty far from 2.0. Uh, Niners, uh, Seahawks, 0.00, complete fairness. Broncos, Chiefs, 0.40. Patriots, Bills, 0.15. So you understand the point that I'm making there with the long-term fairness and the market adjusting back to where it should be. Yep, I sure do. And it's pointing you to a couple of games, though, too. The 0-0, that's completely fair. So. Mm-hmm. We the game that I saw on your sheet was the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Los Angeles Rams. Let me take a look here. I go back to the previous page. And in that one, it uh, has totals volatility from back in twenty weeks. It's minus zero point three zero. Then it moves up to zero minus zero point three three. Then minus zero seventy. Then minus one. Then minus 1.20, and now it's at minus 1.33, and it's all highlighting the over. So if right. we're looking at that, what does that necess- What does that mean? That means the over is probably played out, and we're looking at the possibility of the under in that game, correct? No, no. no. That, the little O's, if you're, if you're set on correction trading, the little O's are a designation, especially because it's a negative number. Right. That you're looking for that is a is means that there's the the probability level of the total being oversold, meaning too low. So you're expecting something called mean reversion or back to fairness, which is why we did that little exercise with the twenty periods going back to zero. Because if you look the twenty period there for the totals, it's a negative point three zero. Right. For the 20 period. So it's going back closer to zero. That's how the, those markets undulate. With, it's always over-adjustment. You're always looking for the over-adjustment there. And that's what the alerts are doing. And that's why the little designation is an O, is because they're alerting you to the potential of a shorter-term irrational market or too much selling pressure. So you want to sell, you know, you want to buy into that. So that would be saying the over if you're going for correction trading. Now, if you remember, yesterday, I think it was, a, it was an Evansville college basketball game that I posted okay. on Twitter. If you remember that, I think the, the total was 122 right. and ended on, ended on 106. And I, I posted the under because I switched it to momentum trading. And there was, there was an alert you know, where it was you know, the, the, that particular relationship was in a selling situation. So, but with the the momentum uh, option, that meant that I took the under instead of taking the over. So you can flip that, and that's that's why it's an art, you know, based on science, based on philosophy. And there you go, there you go. We have some good games. The games that I'm looking at this week, and I'll have my picks up on Saturday. I'm looking right now at the 49ers in Seattle. I'm looking at that point spread. Pats and Bills, I'm definitely looking at that point spread. Giants, Miami, the same thing. Colts and Texans, I'm looking at the whole package there. And, of course, we have the Broncos and the Chiefs, and I'm looking forward to that one, too. Anything you want to part with before we go? Well, I'm looking at this Cardinals. If you can click up this Cardinals game, the Bears, I mean, you want to talk about distressed asset. And then if you pull up if you pull up the the chart, you can see that the the Cardinals on their chart for price action or for spread. See them banging against that ceiling there. Yeah, I'm pulling that up right now. Yep, I sure do. So that's something I might be looking at there. 
personally, you got a you got a divergence of of six because you got the Cardinals at that zero level. You got the Bears all the way down at negative six, and so you got two yellow. You got a yellow alert in the five period, a yellow alert in the seven period. That's pretty significant for uh, for NFL. And then if you if you click to look at all periods right down there at the bottom, you see that there's a hidden one, a little hidden gem for the Bears, a yellow alert at a .80 in the nine period. And then fairly significant calculations in the 10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. .75. You know, you see how to get to that, where you click on see all periods underneath yep. the grid. So that, that kind of gives you a little bit more data, a little bit more information. So that's something that I'm looking at. I, if we do have time, Phil, I would like to take a look at maybe the, because this weekend is a big thing deal in, in college football. Sure, we got a few minutes. Go ahead, do what you okay, got to do. Okay, so let me let me just uh, let me take this and switch it to college football. It just takes one little click where you go to the the screeners and it does all the work for you. So as you know. Um, Saves a ton of time. Saves a ton of time. We do live in the year 2021. I cannot believe that Stu Finer still exists, but he does. Well, he does. (laughs) Now you know where and why. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, really. (laughs) But I I am seeing. um, Let's see. The one at the college game I was looking at was the Western Kentucky, Texas, San Antonio Right, the UTEP game. That one there looks like a a good one for Texas UTEP. I like UTEP. So well, remember that's 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 a uh, a smaller conference, right? So the smaller the conference, the less liquidity. So the less the alerts mean, right? Right. And we're talking about because that's back to the analogy. That's talking about the the puppy Springer Spaniel as opposed to the old Golden Retriever, which would be the NFL spread, you know. But uh, it, it's not necessarily that. I would say I would say, you know, sports like base, you know, baseball totals. That's the baseball totals are extremely volatile. Right. They go they go pretty far, and NFL uh, spread is is the tightest of all of them. But uh, I was looking for the Alabama game, and uh, is there something going on in that game where that that hasn't the Alabama Georgia game isn't that Saturday? Yeah, that is Saturday. I haven't seen any news about that game today. Um, it's a big one now. Alabama is a six and a half point underdog in that game. Georgia's undefeated. It's a big thing right there. Yeah, yeah. The winner goes to the national championship playoffs, and the loser doesn't. Yeah, so there must be something. Uh, I don't see it on the platform, so uh, there must be something with. Um, the feed coming into where I guess it's it's being populated right now. Gotcha. Maybe they maybe they maybe they took it off the board and they put it back on or something like that. So. I wonder what that would be. Maybe somebody left school and left the team and is not playing this week. It could be. I don't know. I, I have to look into that, but uh, I will definitely get to the bottom of it. <laughs> Absolutely. So will I for sure because that's one of the games on my uh, agenda for Saturday. So what other what other games are you looking at? Uh, that that's um. That was the main one, right? Yeah, I was. That was. I'm. I'm going to believe it or not. I'm going to watch that game. There you <laughs> I, go. I'm, I am going to watch that game. That's and, a, Those uh, are fun teams to watch. It could be really good. Yeah. Yeah. I. 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 I, I will be uh, interested in, in consuming that particular product. But I'll, uh, I'll watch the Michigan Iowa game. That one I'll take. I enjoy that. But outside of that, I probably will watch Alabama too. We'll see. We'll see. But the UTEP game is my favorite one. I think UTEP is uh, undervalued in this one at three and a half. I'll let you all know on that tomorrow night. But great stuff today, man. Well, I th- you know we always have a ton to talk about, and there's and the, the 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 clowns and the carnival barkers and everybody else certainly don't give us any lack of material. They, they sure help us they out. sure don't. And, and, I and love them. I love them to be honest with you because they just keep digging their hole deeper, and it's better for me. Way better for you. It, in a way, it's better for me too, especially because I'm sponsored by a sports book who does things on the up and up. 
I know all about sports books. That's all I'm asking for, Phil, and I'm yeah. sure that's what you're asking for. That's all people are asking for is just getting a, a fair shake, getting a free market, and not you know, and not having these laws violated and people laughing all the way to the bank and taking people, taking consumers that are cleaners. Well, that's just it, and that's and that's why the Wolf Line exists. That's why the Phil Nason Show exists, and that's why a lot of other sites exist. And we try to highlight them here. Great stuff today, man. Thanks for being here. Hey, the pleasure was all mine as usual, Phil. All right. Tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter, and then I'll hang up to show. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, obviously, the the, the site is uh, – the, the webpage is thewolfline.com, T-H-E-W-O-L-F-L-I-N-E.com. You can get there and sign up for free for all the data, uh, all the features. It's just like any, uh, any other financial trading platform that, that will give you those – uh, a virtual currency and paper trades and email alerts, and customized screeners, machine learning, everything that you need uh, to trade just like it's Wall Street for sports betting. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Quant Wolfline and LinkedIn is Gregory, G-R-E-G-O-R-Y, Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. There you That's go. That. Great stuff today, man. Thanks for being here. We'll catch you next week. Yes, absolutely. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. We want to thank Sportsbook for presenting us. That's PlayUp Sportsbook for presenting this show. We also want to thank you out there for listening. This is a big show because of you. We've been around 13 years. Because of you, don't forget Cast with Flash. I got a special sale on my books, $4.99 on the Kindle for Betting Baseball 101 and Betting Football 101. All the free picks you could want as well as premium packages. Find everything at cashwithflash.com. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves, be good, and most importantly... Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.